Today we're going to give our listeners and watchers a little bit of a look inside of our DOM sub dynamic. And I want to do this because I want to give people an idea of, of how we live our lives, first of all. Some, some examples, I guess, of how we go about this. Not because it's something that they need to copy, but because I want to show that there's a lot of intentionality behind how I have set up and structured this dumb sub dynamic as a part of our lives. And I've, we'll get into the importance of intentionality and integrating this as a part of life. So I guess to start out, I'm just going to have you thinking through starting in the morning, what are some of the the rituals, the things that you do every morning that are a part of what I have laid out for you? So first, um, when I wake up, the first thing I do is take my temperature. Mm -hmm. And then I get out of bed and immediately send you what that temperature is in order for you to document it in your spreadsheet mm -hmm. along with the time and for you to have the information from that aspect of my cycle. Yep, I'll get into a little bit more of that. Yeah, so then to, what's next? To lead us. So then I get myself prepared um, to come downstairs after I read the message that you send me every morning and a little glimpse of what that is is um, the truth that you speak to me and the consciousness that you bring and it's very meaningful to me and feels like it puts me in the right felt experience from the moment that I'm getting up before I come downstairs to see you. Okay, and then what happens when you come downstairs? Um, varies just a little bit, I guess. Um, Give an if example. You're, if you're doing your workout, I drink my water, get my cup of coffee and wait for you. Um, but sometimes when you're not, I get to greet you and give you a hug and do the good mornings. And then we get our coffee together and sit down and enjoy our first cup. And some mornings I'll have you kneel for me. Yep. So usually in that time frame, um, sometime during that first cup or before we even start, I kneel before you and you speak more truth and love and devotion into me taking off from the message that you sent me that morning. And then I share any reflection and prayers back to you, an expression that's on my heart at the moment. And then I make you breakfast. Yes. So we'll pause right there. And I want to go through a couple of those things. And what I want to do is share why I have structured our morning in that way. Because what I see happen a lot, and, and this happened for me at the beginning of our dynamic too, there's this energy of thinking, okay, now I'm a dominant. Now you're my submissive. Now I need to have you start doing submissive things and I need to start doing dominant things. And instead what we've done, and I think what we've done really well together is we've made the way that we live our life a part of what makes us dominant and submissive. Because for anyone who's listening, what you noticed when you heard Dawn talking about what her morning is, she's receiving from me. 
I'm awake before she is. I write her a message every single morning. I sit down and I write a message and it's three, four, five short paragraphs. You know, it's a couple hundred words. It's nothing, it's not like this long essay every morning, but it's something meaningful that I want to share with you every single morning. And when she wakes up, she has a message from me that connects her to my love for her and my dominance of her and her submission to me. And it's how important her submission to me and her following me is. So she wakes up, number one, she takes her temperature. Why? There's a why behind every single thing that I do. So if you've listened to this or followed us long enough, you know that I have religiously tracked Dawn's menstrual cycle since 2020. I think it was May of 2020 that I started this. So we're coming up on, you know, almost four years of me every single day tracking this, knowing where you're at in your cycle, paying attention to your different moods, your libido, your, you know, at times your sleep quality in different parts of your cycle, how I, I pay attention at times to how affectionate you are towards me. Mm-hmm. And I have you take your temperature so we can track ovulation. All of this has been really helpful for me in being able to lead you in a way that is connected to your experience, to the truth of what makes you a woman. Right. And so you take your temperature for me every morning. It's a part of me being able to understand you, to know your body, to know your cycle, to know what is going on with you. And I track the cycle for men. First of all, I'll say this. If you track your woman's cycle and you know when she is going to be getting her period, and if you can get a relatively good idea of the regularity of her cycles, this alone is worth it because like right now I could plan a vacation for us nine months from now and not only be relatively sure that I could plan that vacation when you don't have your period, I could try to even plan it when you are closer to ovulation and when you are the most energetic. Right. And I take where you are in your cycle into almost everything that I do in how I live, manage our lives. I plan more date nights in the time when you're more um, alert because like towards the end of your cycle, before you have your period, the beginning of your period, you don't want to be around people very much. And when you're closer to ovulation, you want to be around people all the time. <laughs> so, and there are lots of little things here. I'm not going to make this all about that, but that is a ritual that is a part of our dumb sub dynamic. But it, from the outside looking in, you wouldn't necessarily think that that was a part of being submissive. We had somebody leave a comment on one of our podcasts recently where they said like, when are you going to get to talking about the good stuff? (laughs) Because from a certain perspective, if you aren't like crawling on your hands and knees, worshiping me, giving to me, doing things for me, it doesn't feel like dom sub to some people who think of it only in that context. Right. But in this context, I am leading you in every part of life. And so by starting your morning with taking your temperature, helping me with information to track your cycle, you help me lead every single aspect of our lives in a way that is supportive of you being in the energy of giving to me in the way that I want you to be able to give to me. You read that message I wrote you, which connects you to my love for you. And it also helps to guide you in what it is that I am asking for from you, where it is that we are at right now in our relationship and where I'm guiding you forward. You come downstairs, you kneel for me. 
now we're getting into the good stuff, right? In some people's <laughs> minds. But again, you're doing so to receive from me just as much as you give to me. And then we move more into, we start to get more into our day. We have some coffee together and I cook you breakfast. Why do I cook you breakfast? There's a why behind that. I've been awake usually for somewhere between an hour and a half to three hours before you get out of bed. Oh, here's another thing. I've structured our lives in a way that are supportive of your need of more sleep than mine. So we go to bed at the same time every night. I get up at 5 a.m. You get up whenever you wake up. And it's glorious without an alarm clock. That is a piece of your submission to me is getting enough sleep, as much sleep as you need so that you can be awake and alert and alive to give to me. Yeah, and that's really important to me too because I notice the difference if I don't get enough sleep in what I experience in me, in my ability to just be present and truly be connected to my emotional experience and be able to truly give of myself to you. Not just by the things that I do, because I can plug through doing anything, even on little sleep. For one, I don't want to, but two, the more important thing is my felt experience being at its best to be my best for you. Mm-hmm. So I've, again, this isn't like the juicy bedroom kind of dom sub stuff, but this is me being able to see what your needs are. And it's not just giving you what you need. It's making sure that you're taken care of because I also need you to give to me. Right. And this is why I approach dominance through the lens of responsibility first. It's not through the lens of bossing you around and it's not through the lens of you giving to me first, it's through the lens of me taking care of you first so that you can give of yourself in a way that feels authentic and natural. And by the way, by the time we get to the end of having breakfast, after I've cooked breakfast for you, while you are now kind of finishing waking up, we get to the end of having breakfast and we sit down to have another cup of coffee before we go on with our day. How taken care of do you feel by the time 8 a.m. rolls around? Completely. So this is why I think it's so important that we fit dominance and submission into our lives. We make our lives an expression of leader, being a leader and follower. So we don't have to go through our whole day, but what are some of the other, we're going to come to some rules later, but what are some of the other ritualistic things that we do that are just a part of like the way that we live our lives? One thing that I love is over our second cup of coffee is when you um, have me do a verbal journal prompt. And where I get to speak from my moment-to-moment experience of uh, what my reflection is to the sentence that you start and how impactful that's been in me truly being able to connect to that experience, that emotional experience, and witness myself Um, in order to become more of myself. And that's relatively new and it's not something we do every day, but it, it has been really valuable because so here's again, here's why I think journaling is extremely important. I think being able to connect to 
your own experience and and get it out is just really valuable. I wrote, I have my journal in, on my laptop is something like 700 pages long from the last couple of years. It's like, I do a lot of journaling. But for you, sitting down and journaling, like typing, writing, doesn't feel like it's a, like a beneficial experience for you. It kind of seems to put you more in your head than it does help you reflect. Yeah, I keep waiting for that desire to change, but <laughs> it just hasn't yet. I can... The littlest things can be a reflection to me, and just the stillness and slowness for me is what helps me able to connect with something and be able to think about it in the ways that I need to, and then literally be able to verbally express it. And that's just how it works for me. Yeah. So when I give you these, these prompts verbally, this is a way that I access the energy for you of journaling without having, without trying to force you into doing it the way that I might think would be best. Right. It's working with how you actually are and and where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. At some point, I may have you sitting down and writing or typing out a journal. Right. But that's not where we're at right now. So instead, I give you these sentence starters that are things like, I feel. And you just say whatever comes to your mind. I'll say thing. I'll start sentences like, I'm starting to realize. If I'm really honest with myself. And... There's no right or wrong answer. And my whole instruction to you in this is to say the first thing that comes to mind to finish that sentence. Okay, so then what are some other ones throughout our day? Uh, Meaning rituals Mm -hmm. or ways that you guide me? Rituals. Well, every meal is you take your first bite of food before I do. Even if I'm sitting at the table first, I wait until you put that fork in your mouth. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like so focused on it (laughs) because I'm so hungry. Um, But I love that one because it's about focusing on you and being attentive to you in a way that feels good to the both of us. So here's another another ritual with a why, with a reason. This isn't just about controlling when you eat or telling you, you don't get to eat till I eat. There are layers and levels to, to a ritual like this. One of them being, like you said, it, it makes you slow down and focus on and remember the fact that you are following me. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a ritual that we can participate in, in public, in front of family, anywhere that we are. This is a way that we can stay connected to this dynamic between us because nobody else sees it, knows it, has any clue at a busy restaurant, at Thanksgiving dinner, it doesn't matter. It's just you and me. And I, even if I'm not watching you, I can feel you waiting, waiting for me before you start. I love the felt experience of that one, being able to do it multiple times a day, wherever we are. Mm -hmm. So talk about our ritual when we are on a walk. So I always hold your right hand, my left hand, um, walking on, I'm sorry, I hold your hand when we're crossing the street and then I walk on your right always, which again is this like every single time we go for a walk or we're at the store or wherever we're going, it's this 
for a lack of a better way to say it, like putting me in my place in this following you. And I know what that is for me and just this like, I feel admiration and just a love and devotion for you in the smallest little things that we get to experience most days in this one. So what I want to touch on here is as people are starting off in dominant submissive dynamics, what happens again, I said this before people start thinking like, okay, I need to do the dom sub things. And they try to find things that, like what what rules should I make you follow? Mm-hmm. What are the rituals we're going to implement? And they it it becomes very performative. It becomes almost forced in a lot of cases. And what we have done, what's made what a part of what's made this so damn good for us is little things like this: you waiting to eat, you walking on my right hand side. They're parts of how we live our life, and so we are connected to this power exchange dynamic in little moments throughout the day because we've made little pieces of what our normal life are into dom sub rituals and they retain meaning because they are so consistent because we don't have to try to make time or remember to do this it's just a part of how we live our lives. It's not like we're trying to fit dom sub into the margin of life. Right. We're integrating it with who we are and how we live. So it people ask questions to us like, do you get, um, do you ever feel like you need a break from this? Or does it feel like too much responsibility for the dominant? And no, it doesn't because we are just living like normal, regular human beings, but the power exchange is present in all of the little moments. I couldn't turn this on and off. Like I know there was a time where we didn't always feel as in it as Mm. we've worked through a lot of the releasings of the emotional past, but I can't submit one moment and then all of a sudden be like, oh wait, now I'm in charge. And like that, that just doesn't feel good to me at all. I need this. It fuels my life for the better. And that means I need to be able to create these rituals in a way that are consistent. Yes. There has to be consistency with this stuff and it has to be able to work with our regular lives. We've tried things that have been more performative for both of us that we've tried to integrate into life and they just fall by the wayside pretty easily because they aren't real to us and they aren't integrated as a part of our life. Yeah. You know, an example of that was closer to the beginning of this relationship or closer to the beginning of our Dom sub dynamic. I would write a message for you kind of like I do now shorter, but then you would wake up in the morning, kneel and read that to me. And while that was fun, it was, it became very performative. It was just you saying what I told you to say. Right. It was a, let's call it a submissive statement. Mm -hmm. So it was different than what you write now. Yeah. And it was more of a, you writing the words and me reading it and agreeing with it, not just putting words in my mouth, but I would have to say that now that experience would be much different. So maybe we can bring that one back. Because, well, I guess in response to that, it's 
it's different now in what I reflect back to you in the moment to moment. Mm -hmm. It's not scripted. It's very different each time. So I guess we still do that one. It's just different. It is different because now it's more of an authentic reflection Yeah. versus, you know, back then as I was trying to teach you about what it meant to be my submissive, I was giving you words that had the intention of helping you connect to what it was that I was asking of you in wearing my collar. Right. And it had its value in that. It was, but it was more teaching Yeah. through having you recite those words. Right. So to kind of wrap up the, the rituals part here before we move on, these rituals are things that we do consistently and it's on me as the dominant to be the one to enforce that consistency. Now I can ask you, I can even command you do this every day or we're always going to do this like this, but then it's up to me to lead you into that and not just passively say, well, I told you once now you're supposed to do it forever without any involvement from me. Because to be the dominant in this kind of a relationship, I have to be actively involved in the leadership of you as my person. Passivity does not work with dominance. Right. So going, I want to share this, going back to the whole waiting to eat till you took your first bite. 99.9% of the time, it works. (laughs) Once in a while, I'll be lost maybe in speaking to you and sharing some experience. And I see you maybe do something where maybe you're putting ketchup on your eggs and I grab my fork and I start to put food in my mouth. And I do remember at least once or twice putting a bite in my mouth and it's like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I look at you with the biggest grin on my face and you look at me and we acknowledge the fact that I fucked up and we just carry on. There's no reprimanding. There's no calling me out in, in that exchange at least. Well, hang on though, because some people are under the assumption that if I make a rule or set a ritual like that and you don't obey it, then you're supposed to be punished. Right. That's what I'm getting at. But do I punish you when you make a mistake? No, because in that moment where I can can acknowledge, I messed up and I, I stop. Like if my, if the fork is going to my mouth, I set it back down and I wait. If I have the food in my mouth, I stop chewing. Mm Until I see you proceed. I think one time you started to laugh and actually spit it out. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like something I would do to be funny. Um, Because by no means did I mean to break it or be disrespectful. I was lost in a moment. Right. So this is where I see men getting in, starting to step into the role of dominance. And they immediately think that they have to step into being extremely rigid. And I certainly had my own piece of trying to figure out where firmness and being solid with my expectations and with my direction and with my commands, that was my biggest challenge and still is to this day. My biggest challenge is having the enough firmness in my in my dominance it's the hardest part for me because i'm at my heart i'm a very kind person and firmness does not necessarily come easily to me but when that is when that's challenging for a guy for a good guy who wants to be a dominant wants to be in a dom sub relationship figuring out okay Now I'm supposed to be in charge. That means if you don't do what I tell you to, I've got to do something about that. And yes, 
I do have to do something about that. Otherwise, we don't have a power exchange dynamic. Right. We just have any other relationship where there's not a leader, there's not structure. So first of all, I'll say this comes back to having a why and a reason why we have these rituals, a reason why we have rules. Because I'm not going to feel authentic in enforcing something that just came from nowhere. Right. That doesn't have a point or a purpose. If it's just an arbitrary rule, like, I don't have any reason why I'm just going to make you, like, kneel on the floor for 30 minutes at 9.30 a.m. And you don't do it, and then I'm supposed to be rigid and... That that's where the stuff gets all performative and fake and inauthentic. Right. When there's a why, like the reason why you wait to eat is because I expect you to focus on me. I want you to connect to the energy of paying attention to me, of slowing down, and of being present with me in those moments. So then if you don't do that, once in a great while you've already shown me that 99 times out of 100 you're very diligent with this so rather than flying off the handle or getting pissed because you didn't do exactly what I said that one time we can either laugh it off and know that it was just a mistake or I can correct you and just say, I need you to remember, this is a rule for a reason. We do this this way for a purpose. So please pay attention to it. And you'll say what? Yes, sir. Exactly. And then we move on and I drop it. And I do see rules and rituals being different too. Mm -hmm. And if I, hmm, I'm trying to think of, we can come up with a, one exa an example when we're talking a little bit more about rules, but like I know my commitment to what you've presented to me and we both have agreed to be all into this dynamic. And, you know, I've had to work out of being so hard on myself. And so I think I would be harder on myself especially in the past, then you would be hard on me and you witnessed that. And so how could you force me into punishment? For one, I wouldn't have agreed to the dynamic because that was off the table from the start. But two, like punishing me when I was already that hard on myself would have been very detrimental to me. And you were smart enough and intuitive enough to know that from the very beginning. And so again, it's setting up the dynamic that helps me be more of me in order to authentically follow, not force me into it. Right. Because that was what I wanted out of this dynamic in the first place is I want to lead you and to have you want to go where I'm taking you. Right. And so I'm going to start on the punishment thing. It was off the table for you. That was a hard limit in the very beginning, you know, the month that we spent discussing what this dynamic would and wouldn't be. And you said that punishments were not going to be acceptable to you. And I remember telling you that that is fine with me because I'm not a particular, like, that's not my thing anyway. I, I don't want to punish you. But I do remember saying that in order for me to lead, I need there to be some sort of recourse, some way that I can enforce the things that I am asking of you, not just have you decide whether or not you feel like following them. Yeah, that's what I was going to share too in reflection of that. I don't operate that way. Like, oh, today I feel like it and tomorrow I don't. Like, we... 
you have led us in all of the discussions around the rituals and the rules that you have brought forth. And there, <laughs> there's really been no disagreement from me because you see me in a way that shows me my own, I guess, challenges. And of course, if I want to evolve beyond them, I'm going to follow you. And so again, my commitment to that is all in. It's not an ebb and flow of like, ah, oh, today, no thanks. Nope. This isn't a turn on and turn off for me. So this is where with, with punishment off the table from you and something I wasn't particularly excited about you know, if punishment would have been a part of our dynamic, I probably still wouldn't have ever done it <laughs> or needed to because the, the way I've seen it said by someone else is that if a dominant gets to a point where he has to punish his submissive, that's not a failure of the, on the submissive's part. It's a failure of the dominant. If I were to ever get to a place where I needed to punish you, it's because I didn't set clear enough expectations. I didn't offer those minor little course corrections when things didn't go the way that I had asked them to go. I didn't communicate the why behind the reason that this thing exists in the first place. So it really is on me to make sure that what is expected of you is clear and has purpose. And if I've done that and you are committed to being mine, which by the time you put on a collar, you had better be, then there really never becomes a reason or a point when I would get, when, when we should ever get to a point where you need to be punished. So, taking punishment off the table has made both of us, it's required that we show up more to our role as Dom and Sub. Right. So next I want to share some of the, the different rules that I have for you. And, you know, we're not giving away everything here. We're not, sh we don't share every single part of this dynamic publicly for a reason, because we get, even though we do this publicly, we don't have to reveal every single piece of our lives. It's actually a part of our contract in the code of conduct is that privacy is something we value and that it's up to me to determine how much of our lives we actually do reveal to the public and how much we keep just to ourselves. Right. But one of the rules that we have, and I'm going to give some of some examples here that have very meaningful whys. One of them is that I have you get yourself dressed, do makeup, do your hair, in the morning before generally after you're done with doing whatever workout I've given you. So talk to me about why the why, what do you feel is the why or the reason why I've given you that rule? I like to feel pretty sexy and confident and how I do my hair and my makeup and how I dress all plays into that felt experience of life. Like I notice the difference. And so it doesn't mean that I'm always like, I always look the same <laughs> exactly. Or I always do my hair and makeup the same way, or I don't ever wear like comfy clothes, but it's about feeling good in them and having the clothes that I feel good in and doing my hair and makeup in a way that feels good to me. Mm -hmm. So I, I noticed the difference in my own, the way I look at myself in the mirror. Yep. So this rule came out of 
a place where I felt you being hard on yourself and hard on the way that you looked. And so I created this rule as a, well, number one, I enjoy, like, I think you are sexy. You're beautiful. You're stunning. And I like when you feel about yourself the way that I feel about you. Exactly. And while we might not have anywhere to go on a day, we might be sitting at home all day. If you get yourself dressed, if you do your hair, you do your makeup, and if you're wearing a hooded sweatshirt and jeans around the house, what hair and makeup looks like, it doesn't mean that you're going 10 out of 10, full face of makeup, full hairstyle every single day. It might be you do a ponytail, you put some makeup on your eyes and some lip gloss on that fits with where you're at for the day. But what I, why I created this rule is because I want you to feel beautiful to yourself. And it's, it can be pretty easy when you live a life like we do where, you know, we work from home, we live at home, we, we're around the house a lot to just be like, no, nobody else is going to see me today, but I'm going to see you and you're going to see you. Yeah, exactly. And I want to look good for you too. And I would easily fall into, oh, I got to save my makeup because it's so expensive and like save that for the, <laughs> the times we go out. And I'm like, no, I want to put it on. And like, I, I love wearing makeup. I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah. So I love doing it. I don't always love taking the time to <laughs> be meticulous about it. And so there's days where I am and there's days where I'm not. I kind of go with where I'm at each day, mm -hmm. what feels good to me. What is one of the rules that is in our contract that's meaningful to you? Um, one that has been so helpful and impactful to me is you portioning up my food. And um, writing my workout plan because the amount of freedom and liberation that I can finally feel in life because you and I both know the amount of inputting I did around do it this way, do it that way, this is right, this is wrong and then going back to childhood and not even knowing what belief systems I adapted. Like I just said to you this morning that I recognize that I used to hold so much fear around food and food is a daily part of our lives. And I didn't recognize how much fear my system held around a very necessary piece of life. So that is one that has been extremely impactful and I love doing the cooking and I get our plates out or bowls out or whatever we need and I put it down and it's so fun for me to feel like I'm receiving from you in that way. Again, it feels meaningful to me. And for a while I kind of rejected it and I had to work through the the ability to receive it as everything that it is and the penetration, if you will, in that power exchange. Mm -hmm. So there are so many layers to the food one. Yes. Layers within you, but also layers in how it is a part of the power exchange. Mm -hmm. Because I do decide for you most of the time what you eat and how much you eat. And you don't complain. You don't argue. No. Sometimes you might wish it was different, but that doesn't impact what decision I make. And it's a place, because it's a part of like moment to moment life, everyone eats. We all eat all the time. 
it's necessary. It's a very easy way to bring the energy of dominance and submission, of being the one in control and the one not in control, to essentially take away your right to eat, your, your right to decide for yourself what you're going to eat and how much. Yep. So that is a very submissive place to be. Yes. Not only does it, has it, was it created, this rule created to set you free from all of the mind fucking you did to yourself about food. And it has a definite why in the reason, but it also is very much in line with the exchange of power. Absolutely. And in letting go of that control, now you, it's up to me to make sure that you're taken care of. It's up to me to make sure that you are well nourished. It's up to me to make these decisions for you so that you don't have to be in your head making them for yourself. And for me, it feels so good to be at a point where I can completely give you all of that after so long of thinking I was, but it was the unraveling and the me witnessing myself and how I was still fighting it inside of myself. Um, but to be that vulnerable and be like, here, you determine if I eat or not. And be, it, it's sexy and fun, but extremely vulnerable. It requires deep <laughs> trust. Right. And, you know, one of the things that dominant, I want to speak to the dominance here for, for a minute. For the person on the dominant side of this, it is okay that this feels sexy to take control in that way. We, we talk to, through this podcast and through our, mentoring work in our courses, we talk to a lot of guys who want to lead and feel really damn guilty for liking it. Right. It's okay to enjoy the fact that you're taking control because the very fact that a guy who's stepping into the dominant role feels kind of uncomfortable is all the evidence that he needs for himself that he's not going to become a damn tyrant. Right. So you can enjoy the fact, like I've had to learn to allow myself to enjoy that it's fun for me that I get to make these decisions for you. And I get to watch you wonder sometimes. And I also... This also happens at restaurants. So here's another one of the rules that I decide what we're, what you're eating when we're out at a restaurant and I order the meal. Yep. So you don't speak to the server. Not really, but that's not essentially the rule. No, the rule is that I I make the decisions. Right. And that's fun. It's fun to to tell the server, Don will have the shrimp tacos. Yeah. And then sometimes the server will look at me and ask the next question and you'll answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like, yep, you're, you're talking to me. <laughs> and so like those little ways that we get to play with this in public are fun too, because nobody is going to think, oh, that's kinky. And if they do, great. Yeah, yeah, that's fun too. But <laughs> it is more for us, number one. Right. And it's fun for us. It's something that is a rule that we both enjoy on its face just because it's fun. Also has a why. Because we would send that server away three or four or five times in the past while you were making up your mind what you were going to pick up the menu. 
Yeah. And then half the time you'd be asking me and the server and the people at the table next to us, <laughs> what's good here? What did you like? What did you get? And Okay, not quite that far. <laughs> so now the way that we handle ordering meals at restaurants, sometimes I will just, you won't even look at a menu yeah. because I will know that we're going to a place that has food that we both are going to like. And I know the foods you like. I know the things you don't. And so I will sometimes just make a decision. More often, I will have you look at the menu and just tell me if anything really calls out to you. And you might go, yeah, this, that, this. And then I'll take the menu and the server comes order. I'll decide and order. So the why behind it really is to get you out of the mental, the decision fatigue of trying to figure out what's the what you want right and this part of this rule has been in effect a lot longer than you um even like deciding my portion size mm -hmm. because of the overthinking thing yep. and the going out for dinner more times than not if we were at a place like with sandwiches i'd be ordering the chicken when i really wanted the burger but i wouldn't let myself have a burger and i'd kind of just be pissed at myself for not allowing myself to enjoy what i really wanted to enjoy and like even in saying that that's what was going on in my head yeah. times a hundred yep just the, the chatter yeah so one of the things when i talk like when we're talking about having a why behind creating rules and we're talking about having a why behind creating rituals this is this one and several of these are about me seeing the way that you get in your head about things and how that doesn't actually support you feeling the way that you want to feel so if i can take things away from you and give to you by being the decision maker now we're both better off yeah and all of my work there was just around being receptive to it completely. Because mm -hmm. you were, everything we do is within the confines of consent. Yeah. But just because you consent to something doesn't mean it's easy to follow. Right. And that's the internal work, right? So did you have anything else on that you wanted to share on rules? I want to hear one of your favorites. That you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> if anything. I think we've already touched on my favorites and the stuff that I want to reveal publicly for right now. Okay. But the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is a couple other things that are in our contract. And specifically around the, how, to how we've structured our contract now at this juncture five plus years into this dynamic. The first thing being that the first part of our contract looks kind of like a business plan. Yeah. Meaning that I've laid out for this relationship, for our dominant submissive dynamic, a vision. And when I say a vision, I have defined for you and for therefore for us what it is that I see possible for us. What can life look like for us if we take this as far as I can see it going what's the what's the end game so to speak and that has been really valuable for me in being able to align the things like rituals and rules with a purpose are they have they have to be serving some purpose they have to be taking you somewhere Otherwise, they just become arbitrary. Right. So having a vision and, and a, like a point to all of this has been really important for me in keeping me 
accountable to something in some ways. I'm not just doming you for no reason. I am doing everything that I do in support of creating something special for us with this dumb sub dynamic. How about you? What's the value for you in me being able to paint a long-term vision? It gives me something to follow. It gives me something to lean into, something to say yes to. And when I experience your ability to share that vision, like it excites me for something more of life that gets to be ours together. And like this whole time has, you know, the early years were focused kind of on me <laughs> because there's a lot of work, if you will, in letting go. And there's a lot of patience and compassion necessary. And I feel like we've gotten to a point this far in where a lot of that day-to-day -day work, if you will, is more finished. I'm not going to say done because I don't know what else is there. But We're not so much in the constant processing right? of what it took to get to a point where you could let me lead and where you could let yourself follow and where I could take charge with confidence. Like, yeah, we're kind of beyond the, the constant processing and into more of the living in that energy. Yeah. When I was expressing to you this morning, like the gratitude that I feel and like what my life is now is amazing. And it's all because of your ability to lead me and to see me. And yes, my ability to follow. Ability doesn't feel like the quite right word. My desire, my relentless desire to seek the depth in order to follow. And so the way you've laid out the vision, the specific vision for us is just feels so expansive in a way that I never let myself experience before. And so again, I get to follow you in it and I trust that life will be better because of it. And if dominance is leadership, submission is followership. Yeah. But I think what happens for a lot of people in dom-sub dynamics is the submissive is expected to follow the dominant and the dominant isn't going anywhere. Or if he is, he doesn't know where he's going or hasn't communicated it clearly. So if I want you to follow, to your point a little bit ago, I've got to be going somewhere. If I'm just standing still, are you just standing still with me while I boss you around? Like what, what even is being a submissive if you aren't, don't have somewhere to go behind the person you've chosen? Yeah. And we've shared this before, like early on, kind of the idea that you shared with me was, I believe that I get to have love and deep desire for, and passion in my relationship. I believe they can coexist. And for me, that was even enough of a vision mm -hmm. to start because I was completely on board with that. I was like, yep, I want that. And I had no idea what it was going to take to get that. But I'm thankful to experience that every day now. So the last two pieces I want to touch on that are a part of our contract that I think are equally as important as a vision are number one, the core values of this relationship. Yeah. So I've laid out what the value, what we are going to value in this relationship. So there are values, there are eight of them and I'll give some of them here. One of them being 
integrity. Authenticity. Authenticity. Beauty. Fun. Humility. Humility. So these are the kind of the North Star, the guiding principles around what it is that we are going, how it is that I'm going to make decisions because this is what's important to me. And I'm in doing that, I'm telling you, these are the things that I am holding myself accountable to. I'm going to live with integrity. I'm going to live with authenticity. I value beauty, not just in how I present myself to look my best, how you present yourself to look your best, but also beauty in the surroundings that we put ourselves in beauty in all respects is something that we value because it makes us feel good right so these values are the things that are important to me and to us and to this relationship so then if i'm making rules if i'm making rituals if i'm making plans if i am making decisions about our life they have to be in line with these values otherwise they aren't authentic to me or to us and they aren't in line with who it is that i've told you that i am and where i'm taking you and the last piece of this is what i call the code of ethics or code of conduct and this is a two-directional piece of our contract where I have laid out what is expected of both of us, me and you, in terms of our behavior and how we behave. And there are things in there that are also, some of them also a part of our values. Mm -hmm. So full and complete transparency is one of the expectation of conduct, how we conduct ourselves. And we're going to be completely transparent with each other. what it means to be honest, what it means to have integrity. So these pieces of our contract are all about keeping our dumb subdynamic in support of our life and as a piece of how we live. And by making, by defining what it is, how it is that I expect us to conduct ourselves, not only Am I telling you what I expect of you? But I'm committing to you by telling you what I expect of myself as well. And that sense of being the being the one to hold myself responsible for something before I hold you responsible for it is extremely important in a loving, healthy Dom sub dynamic. And I will share that how you approached all of this that we're talking about is you wrote it and we sat down and read it together and I got to reflect on what felt good and maybe what didn't or maybe what needed a little bit more clarity but it was beautiful from the start and so even in that it wasn't like you being rigid and here you go. It was a unified um, experience in the creation of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to kind of wrap this up, for anyone out there who's listening to this and who's wanting to create this kind of a dom sub dynamic that really does support life and it makes your life work inside of the dom sub dynamic instead of trying to figure out how to do dom sub how do you live as a dominant how do you live as a submissive get a hold of us because this is what we have done so much work to figure out for ourselves and it's what we do now it's what we absolutely love to do there's nothing i love more than working with men who are trying to step into this dominant role to help you get to a place where you feel comfortable leading in this way and to help couples to integrate this work together so that they can figure out how to make this work for them in their own lives. And it's, it's really special to be able to take 
the stuff here that we've learned together and kind of help people shortcut the process a little bit because I didn't just come to be able to to lead you in all of the ways we talk about here today overnight. No. And it definitely wasn't overnight for me to get to where I'm at. No. So this is what we do. And if you are looking for a coach, you're looking for someone to come alongside of you and help you live your life in this way, that's what we do. And we would be happy and proud to support you. So thank you very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Yes, thank you so much.